Hello, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about a subject that you could apply to any situation where you have to work in groups of people. A lot of people think, well, we already know how to do that. I don't think so. So I wrote a, a big old paper on how to work in groups, and I gave this exact speech to my students. This is season three, episode five, how to work in groups. Welcome home, my friends, to the Teacher Answers Podcast, a show where I take high school students' questions and answer them in the most no-nonsense, no-bullcrap way I know how. My name is Sam Griffin, 28-year veteran high school teacher and the examiner of the teenage brain. Come with me and explore why high school students do what they do. Welcome. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, Yeah. So, it's been a couple of weeks since I've had a show. Welcome back. Here we go. The weather is getting nice outside. It is just getting amazing outside right now. Senioritis is about to start. It's early for that, but it's it's going to start soon. Um, I am completely <clears throat> jacked on caffeine today uh, from a new type of coffee debuting on the Teacher Answers podcast right now. It is called it's Starbucks. Uh, but it's called the Komodo Dragon Blend. Dark roast, delicious. Very good. You know, um, if you are a long-time listener to this show, thank you so much. If you are brand spanking new to the show, thanks for coming. Thank you. My name is Sam Griffin. I have been teaching for 28 years as a high school teacher. I've also taught college after school for 25 years it's insane how much time i've spent in a classroom around students insane but i thought you know <laughs> sometimes you feel like you know as a student or as a, a teacher that's been doing this for a while you you get cocky and you think oh i've seen it all no you haven't you haven't seen anything the times change under you right did you better you better start seeing stuff that's new or you're not paying attention. Um, so I did this thing in my class where um, I talk about something that I call the four colors. Now, it's based off of the true colors system. I did this in college. I'm not going to go into it because I've already podcasted on this. Um, but it is where you basically learn um, about yourself and your learning style and how you your mannerisms and you know your behavior uh, can be represented through a combination of four different colors. And if you want to hear more about that, um, there's two places you could find it. One is on this podcast. If you scroll back to season one, episodes 15 through 19, I did the definitive guide on that. If you want it in shorter animated um, video format, that, that's on my YouTube channel youtube channel just uh youtube uh i don't know color personality sam griffin it'll pop right up they've had <clears throat> tens of thousands of views let's put it that way very very popular um but we did this i i i do this every year i usually do it at the end of the year and students love it like they are riveted to this i'm not kidding either like they're they're way way into this and um, I made a thing where I structured my seating chart based around it. Because I think if you have diversity in your learning styles, the group work gets better, right? Trying something new. 
fantastic. I guarantee you I've got one of the most well thought out seating charts that I've ever had, at least in my career. Um, so I put the groups together in groups of four, one of each color, just like you're supposed to, and realized <clears throat> the learning styles are there. They're in the right spot, but some people just don't know how to work in groups very well. <laughs> it was kind of frustrating. Um, you know, and with, oh gosh, I hate to even say pandemic, but w with the last two years of, of not being around each other and that kind of stuff, you know, getting in proximity with people and actually having to interact with each other, which we're doing now, thank goodness, um, is not something people are used to. So I'm like, what, what do you do? You know, what, what do you do in this situation? So I wrote up the students were like kind of they weren't rolling their eyes but they were impressed i'm like yeah i just whipped this up i just whipped this up you're gonna listen to it because this right here is how you work in groups so now if you're like oh, i'm gonna shut this off because i'm not a teacher and i'm not a student okay relax would you relax um you can apply these things to anything in life okay um so here we go without further ado um how to work in groups, how to work in groups. Thank you for coming to my show. I hope you, I hope we got a lot of first timers here today. All right. I'll tell you how to get a hold of me and all that stuff when we're done here, but I'm going to blast through this. Are you even ready? Okay. So realize number one, realize that you may have to help someone. Okay. Realize it. If you're in a group work, you might be the helper. You might be the expert in this thing. In my, you know, in my uh, classes, it's math and science. Whatever it is, you put a group of two, three, four people in there, and you might be the best one. So you might be helping other people. Now, yes, this may seem unfair to you. Okay, that's a natural reaction is to go, oh man, I don't even want to do group work. I don't like group work because I feel like I'm helping everybody. You know. But first of all. If you are that person, then good on you, you know? And here's the other thing. This will test whether you really understand something or not. How many times have you heard, whether you're in a classroom or not, how many times, maybe at your job, and somebody's trying to explain it to you, and you hear these words, quote, I understand this, but I can't explain it. Okay, now here's a news flash. If you cannot explain it to someone, you do not understand it. All right, so group work is a fantastic way to test whether you understand something or not. Look at that as an opportunity. Can you break this process down, whatever it is, in steps to where someone that was absent the day before can follow you? If you can't, you do not understand it, period. Do I, do I need to get the... You don't. If you're like, you're full of bullcrap, Griffin. <clears throat> now, listen to a show. It's in season two. It's called The Feynman Technique. All right, study that and you'll understand why what I just said is absolutely true. You, if you understand something, you should be able to explain it. If you can't, you have holes in your knowledge base 
to where you get to something and then you you hit like a a black spot where you can't get across it to 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 make your point made so that's a gap in your understanding um you know the other thing here's the other thing what's the highest form of memory retention right the highest form of learning anything to make it part of your you know your skill set and your knowledge base the highest form of that is to teach it to someone is to do what i would be asking you to do in that group somebody pulls up a chair next to you and they're like i, I don't know how to do this and you do it's an opportunity for for numerous things but the big thing is if you're in helper mode you will be learning more than the person you're helping and hopefully they'll be understanding it too and group work can be fantastic when it's done right um because it's you know like today in class i was going over something in math i won't get into it but th there were eight hands up in the air i can't do that you know with group work um you have like a bunch of little mini teachers and then you just I, you know, a teacher's job is to just rotate around and, and clean up any, any messes that were to happen. But if it's just solo, everybody working solo and everybody's got a question, you know, you can't get to it all. And that's so frustrating for students. That was number one. Number one is realize you may have to help someone or more than one. You may have to be a leader, you know, in that group. Number two, realize you may have to get help it might be you in that group who's deficient and you need to get help you know a lot of times students can learn from each other really really well and i'm not such an egomaniac that i feel like i have to show you how to do it now i believe i can show people maybe a little bit better than a, another student can because they just don't have the experience that a teacher does because they you know when you've done the quadratic formula for 28 years you get pretty freaking good at it you know um but a lot of times students can pick it up from other students really quickly so don't as a teacher let your ego get in the way of that number three realize that you as a student in that group or whatever group you're working in okay it could be a big corporate job and you have a team right realize you need to not be a distraction if you are just kicking back in your chair and along for the ride, you are the problem. Right? And a teacher needs to address this immediately because somebody could sabotage not only that group, but other people start staring at them because, you know, and then you throw the whole room off. And what you have there with group work with a room that's thrown off is worthless, wasted time. That is a fact. So everybody needs to be on board everybody realize you need to not be a distraction number four realize you need to introduce yourself and know the people in your group this drives me insane <clears throat> people sitting right next to each other don't even know their name they could have been sitting there for months and they don't even know their name this happens i know you think what how could that happen it does happen a lot 
mix people up in a classroom, random group of three, something like that, group of four, group of two, whatever, but just randomly assign them so they're not with their best friend or whatever. They probably don't know their name, you know, especially where, where I'm at. Cause they're coming from a bunch of different homeschools, you know? Um, so they don't, they don't know very many people. Well, but if you're in a group, number four is exactly true. Realize you need to introduce yourself and know the people in your group. This takes the group next level. Everybody likes to be called by their name. You know, Sam, could you help me with this is better than, can you help me with this? You see, it makes you feel completely different. If you're a student, you need to introduce yourself. Hopefully we get back into the world of handshaking again. I think we're getting there. We're getting there. This is of course a physical contact is the number one way to get to know someone. That's why a handshake was invented is for that. Number five, form relationships that exist outside of class. Okay. So this is next, next level, but you see this in college all the time. Okay. So you form little partnerships and then, you know, this stuff is hard. So you work on it outside of class, but you've made a little group. You formed a bond with people and you, you know, you work together. Well, if you work together, well, you should keep doing it. Um, I'm not saying in high school, you guys all have to go to Wendy's after school and continue working. I'm not saying that, but I mean, how easy is it to FaceTime people? you know, over the phone or some sort of video chat on a homework problem. Heck yeah. You can get that done real easy. Super easy. You should totally do that. The world is an easy place to meet as a group outside of school. I am doing it tonight from my house with people all over Ohio. You know, it's easy to do. <clears throat> Number six, working in a group when done right is not a silent experience. Yep. Here it is again. Working in a group is when done right is not a silent experience. This is one of the things my students struggled on, right? You get the perfect balanced class. Just a perfect. It is, you get a class that's so well oiled and you're just taking it next. Next level with them. Put them in a group with random people. They turn It turns into church where nobody says anything. Okay. That is not effective group work. That is a waste of time right there because y'all need to be talking in that group, but within the group, you know, it's not a silent experience. So, um, you should hear on my end, you should hear chatter within the room. It, it'd be, it could be kind of noisy, but the chatter is contained to that group of three or four, let's say not going across the room. So no cross mingling is a rule when doing group work. You can't get up and go over to another group and see what they're doing. That's just, you know, you may get an answer really fast that way, but that's, that's not, that's going to throw, it's going to distract both groups is what's going to happen. Um, number seven, a group should work always as fast as the slowest person. So you take a math paper. So if I'm like, here, you guys, we're going to work on this math paper here. There's 10 problems on it. What you're going to get are a few people that just want to hammer this done. Okay. And you got one person that was absent. Okay. What do you do? Three people have to wait on the absent person 
to do their stuff as you go, that's exactly what you do. That is exactly what you do because eventually that person that was absent will develop that skill set and catch up. And then you can all, when that happens and you're competent, all of you are competent, then you can work at your own pace to, to hammer the thing done. But you should always at first work as slow or as fast. You should work as fast as the slowest person. Right? So if you get someone that's struggling, embrace them as a group, bring them up to your level. Shouldn't take very long. And then move at your own pace. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. I gave this speech to my classes and they're like, oh, that makes sense. How does it not make sense? You know, that that's exactly how a group, you know, I'm not asking you guys, you guys to be best friends, but you're going to have to learn to work together with people, you know, that you might think are different or whatever, but you all share the same worksheet or whatever it is, you know? So the last thing I'm going to leave you with is basically your mindset in a group. You, you need to have yourself in a mindset of helping or getting helped. It's one of the two, either when you sit down, are you going to be helping people with this? Or are you going to be getting helped by other people in the group? It's, it's not a, let's just sit here and look at what other people are doing and write stuff down. That is the no. Okay. <laughs> this is not learning at all. Okay. That is not what you do. And some of this responsibility is on you, right? It's not up to ever, you know, the teachers to police that 100% of the time. You should have ownership in the fact that you are learning. And to do that, that takes work. You know, that does. It takes work. That is the best I can do right now with how to work as a group. Something that I think a lot of teachers take for granted. And I bet you hearing that would help. You probably picked up something that you maybe never thought through yet. Because until I sat down and wrote it, which is the highest form of thinking, I never thought it through either. You just put people together and you have them work on it. And then it's a lot more than that. It's a lot more than that. And I think it needs to be taught to people. And as soon as I did that, boom, group work improved immediately. So it took, took 10 minutes out of my day. Worth it. That's a sharpen the saw activity right there. That's a Stephen Covey sharpen the saw for sure. Seven habits of highly effective people. If you're like, what the heck? Tapodcast.net. That's where you're going to find my stuff. That's where you're going to find it. Check that website out. It's got like little graphics moving around on it. Like the background, like undulates. It's pretty cool. I think you'll like it. You can always email me from that website. You can, um, Sign up for my newsletter if you would like to get special emails. If you don't um, already subscribe to the podcast and you want to get the little blurb and the whole thing that I send out to my email group, um, if you want to join that, you'll see it. Tapodcast.net, right, right, tapodcast.net, right in the front. Just scroll down a little bit, you'll see it. It says join my newsletter. Uh, poke around the website. There's a crap load of work on there. You, you'll see it. You'll like it. You can stream it. You can play it from, you know, in your car, whatever, right from that website on your car stereo. And it sounds delicious. 
Komodo dragon. Total thumbs up. 9.5 out of 10 on that. Very good. Um, you can also just straight up email me if you want at teacheranswers at gmail.com. That is how you do it. I'm glad we're back. Episode five. I got a bunch of stuff written. We're going to start hammering these out and get back to uh, uh, more frequent shows. So um, that's it. I hope you have enjoyed this. If you're new, that would be it would be amazing if you um, went to Apple Podcasts and gave me a five star rating. Or maybe some of you guys listening right now would consider writing a little written review on Apple Podcasts. You'll see it on your phone. Scroll down. You'll see it right in the podcast app. All right. That's it. You guys have a great one. Uh, Get out there. Enjoy that weather. I'll talk to you soon. You have been listening to Teacher Answers. If you would like to submit a question, drop me an email at teacheranswers at gmail.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail on the Anchor podcast site, anchor.fm slash teacheranswers. 